Welcome to the Talking Total Farmer Health podcast from AgriSafe Network. At AgriSafe, we work to protect the people that feed the world by supporting the health and safety professionals, ensuring access to preventative services for farm families and the agriculture community. Welcome to the Talking Total Farmer Health podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Portell. And I want to remind you that open enrollment for Healthcare Marketplace runs November 1st through January 15th. In this episode, we're going to cover some helpful tips on health insurance, and we're going to speak with two wonderful guests, Florence and Maria. Would you both please introduce yourselves? Hi, everybody. My name is Florence Picot. I am a rural sociologist and research scientist at the National Farm Medicine Center. My research is really focused on the health, well-being, safety, and economic viability of farm families in the U.S. And one of the ways that I study these topics is by looking at health insurance. And hi, everyone. I'm Maria Papitis. I work with the University of Delaware Cooperative Extension. I'm an extension educator. And I focus primarily on financial well-being, and one of the things that really is important to support financial well-being is our own physical and mental health, and guess what? Health care and access to health care is part of that, so last 10 years, I've been working on health insurance literacy and helping people better understand the complex nature of health insurance and access to health care. All right, we are going to get right to it. Health insurance is a big topic. It can also be a very confusing barrier for farmers and ranchers because a lot of times it's private insurance. So in your work and research, are there any trends that you've seen? Thanks, Carrie, for asking. As far as trends is what we've known for quite some time, and there is research dating back to the early 2000s, is that the cost of health insurance and access to farmers have been a challenge. To give you an idea, in a survey in 2007, one of our colleagues, Shoshana Inwood, with whom we've been working on the topic, asked farmers about what was the top serious problems for the farm business. And lo and behold, the top one issue wasn't connected to the cost of production, wasn't connected to the cost of land, but for 65% of farmers, it was the cost of health insurance. And also what we need to remember is that before the major health insurance reforms of the early 2010s, there were specific rules around pre-existing conditions that made it even more challenging for people to get coverage. So what we've known is that since the changes brought about by the law in the early 2010s is that people cannot no longer be excluded as a result of their pre-existing conditions. And what we know too is that access to the marketplace to health insurance plans through private employment, sorry, through private insurance has been made easier. But the last thing that I would say is that farmers also, for farmers, an important source of health insurance is through their off-farm job or the off-farm job of their partners. What is so important about this that it needed to be researched to this length? There are many reasons why. First, agriculture is one of the most dangerous occupations. It's also one of the most dangerous. And so it should come as no surprise that uh, for farmers, health insurance is very important. And when we've asked them in the past, over three quarters of farmers say that it's an important risk management strategy. 
What we also know is that there are direct connections between the ability to offer health insurance and healthcare and the farm business. We actually have some evidence that high healthcare expenses and high health insurance can lead to bankruptcy and can lead to early farm exits. And so we also know too that the cost of health insurance and healthcare have direct implications on day-to-day decisions for the farm business that's connected to what kind of farm investments can I make on the farm or do I make on the farm, including around income level, which Maria will talk about later, which have direct implications not only on the development of the farm business, farm viability, but also in the long term on potential retirement savings. So all in all, health insurance is really an issue that not only impacts farmers' day-to-day ability to go see a doctor, but also that impacts the development of their farm business. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I've heard so much of what you just said. Now, how many people in the U.S. that qualify for health insurance actually have it versus those that don't? So what we know from research on farmers, and I'm going to talk about farmers since that's why we're here today, is that On average, and even before the health insurance reform of 2010s, farmers were insured at a higher proportion than the general population. What we know both from our own research and from the USDA is we're looking at rates of coverage of in the lower 90s, 92%. However, what we also know from our research is that having health insurance doesn't mean that the coverage is adequate and does not mean that people feel well protected in case they need it. And we did, we looked at medical economic vulnerability, which is the idea of to what extent do people feel protected by their health insurance plan and are they protected? We found that a significant share of farmers were um, what we call underinsured. And by that, we looked at what people said in case of if they felt confident in their ability to pay for major healthcare expenses, to pay for expenses in case of a major health emergency, half of farmers told us that no, they weren't confident in their ability to pay. And that is despite having coverage. And what we found was that the biggest difference was connected to the quality of their coverage. So the level of -of out-of-pocket expenses, the level of how well their plan was covering them, which Maria will get into, into the details in a minute. When farmers and ranchers decide, I'm going to go ahead and sign up for insurance, is there a certain time of year that that happens? Is there a deadline? And and where would they go to sign up? So I'm just going to back up one second, uh, Carrie, because there's lots of different ways farmers can get health insurance, right? So some of them are getting health insurance because their spouse is working for an employer who offers insurance through that place of employment. And so to answer your question then, when's enrollment? Well, that will be driven by the employer and that enrollment period, right? And then there's Medicare, right? So there may be farmers who are older or 65 or older and have access to Medicare. And so that enrollment period is the seven months around the month of their birthday. And so, for example, if my birthday is in March, I have kind of three months before my 65th birthday month and three months after to enroll in Medicare. And then At the end of the year, there's the Medicare open enrollment period where people can identify or change the Medicare plan that they're on or the supplement that they might choose. 
there is a program in every state called the Senior Health Insurance Program, SHIP for short. And they are trained volunteers who can sit down with you and help you better understand Medicare and also Medicare Advantage plans and also the options for supplemental health insurance plans that are available in your community. For the marketplace, is the marketplace is for people who are under 65 who want to access the marketplace plans that are offered either through their state or through the federal marketplace. And that enrollment period is November 1st through January 15th. And then there's also programs like Medicaid and CHIP, right? So Medicaid is for really low-income families, and CHIP is to cover the children in low-income families. And really, that enrollment period is any time. And having said all of that, (laughs) if you have an insurance plan and something changes, maybe you lose your job, or you get married, or you have a baby, or you know, there's some sort of life event that opens up the window to change your plan. So whether that's an employer plan, whether that's a healthcare marketplace plan, probably the Medicaid or the CHIP plans. Okay. That explains a lot. And I had never heard of the CHIP plan before. So that's something very new that I think our listeners will uh, find out from you on this podcast. Now, I know that a lot of farmers are not great with that type of paperwork. Maybe there's the older generation that need help. Are there any kind of assistance programs that are available to these farmers and ranchers to help them fill out that paperwork? So for kind of government-supported programs, so by that I mean the healthcare marketplace, Medicare, Medicaid, and the Children's Health Insurance Program. That's what CHIP stands for, Children's Health Insurance Program. Yes, the answer is yes. There are uh, websites that can be accessed. There are what are called navigators in each state that are funded through the state health departments to help people enroll. There's even an 800 number that can be accessed to get help filling out applications, or even be able to do the application over the phone with that helper. Okay. We want our listeners to be totally prepared when they're going to apply for health insurance. So whether they're going in person or sitting down and looking at healthcare.gov, what do you think they should have readily available so they can just get right to it and get the application finished? Okay. So grab a pencil and paper, because here's the list. First off, this is an easy one. You need your address. You also need to know kind of who is in your household. Most of these applications are about household. And especially if the application is for uh, the healthcare marketplace, Medicaid, or the CHIP program, they want to have a sense of who's in your household. So whether they may be covered or not by this plan, they want to know who's in the household. So information about the people who are in your household. So that could be family members, but it could also be non-family members. It could also be a college student who's actually not in living in your household, but is part of your family. So you need that list of people. And typically, you're going to need their social security numbers as well. And they may also ask some questions about whether or not those people smoke or not. 
And you might also need if someone is helping you fill out the application. So that's one of those navigators or assisters or someone over the phone, then they would have to identify themselves. If you are an immigrant, you need information about you know, your immigration documentation. You may need to also share information about how you file your taxes. And by that, I mean, are you filing as a single person, a married person, joint, separate, right? Uh, and then who do you claim as dependents? Employment information, right? Where you work and any employer information there and your best estimate of household income. And so to do that, you might want to look back at tax records just so you have a sense of what is the typical total household income for your family. Okay. Since you brought up income, let's talk about that. Now, everybody knows that farmers and ranchers have a very inconsistent income. It fluctuates every year, uh, you know, depending on weather, economy, that kind of stuff. So do you have any tips for those type of people who are filling out that form? So according to the healthcare.gov documentation, they're really looking towards having a best guess estimate. Clearly, if you are providing your social security number, and you will, they'll be able to connect that to your tax return, right? So, and that is something that will happen. So you don't want to fib. Now, what happens if you do a best guess and, for example, you end up earning more than you thought. Well, then an adjustment is made. And I'm talking about the healthcare marketplace plans. So with the healthcare marketplace plan, they're using information about your income and your number of dependents to determine how much of a tax credit or tax, tax subsidy you would get to reduce the cost of your monthly premium. So they're using that information to offer that credit. And so based on a sort of based on that calculation of what's your income and the number of people in your household that you're trying to take care of and ensure the amount of that credit, credit or subsidy will go up or down. So your income is important in that calculation. If your income goes up during a year, right, then it's on you to contact healthcare.gov and say, gosh, I underestimated. So how do we need to adjust? And then what will happen is you'll be required to pay back some of that subsidy. Now, on the flip side, if you estimate your income and it's way less than you thought it was going to be estimate than you estimated, then at the end of the year, when you file your taxes, you'll get some of that money back. Okay. You answered my next question because that's exactly what I was going to ask because it's estimating, boy, that's all you're doing is estimating. You just have, have no idea because it could rain really well and boy, your crop is doing fantastic one year. And then the next year, you know, it just absolutely horrible, like the drought that we're having right now. Now, I've been on Marketplace before and I'm, you know, there's lots of plans on there and you're trying to decide which one's going to fit you and your family. Are there any specific things that they should consider whenever they're looking at those plans? 
Absolutely. The first thing that I always do in my educational programs is to get people to think about how do they use or would use healthcare resources, right? So how often do you go to the doctor? What kinds of specialists do you need to need to see, you know, for yourself as well as all the members of your family? And so figuring out what are your healthcare needs, that's really important because you want to be sure that the plans that you pick offer those important services. The next thing to think about is total cost. And one of the things that I see a lot is people choose a plan based on premium alone. And so there's this interesting kind of balance, right? Oftentimes, if you pick something with a really low premium, then there will be other out-of-pocket costs, like the deductible will be really high. And remember, you have to pay the deductible before the insurance kicks in. So there's that weird trade-off between low premium and high deductible amounts. And if I can add, this is really an area where we found that farmers were struggling was that high out-of-pocket expenses and the high deductible that really having the shorter premium in the short term might help a lot. But when it comes to dealing with a major health consequence, that's when things got trickier. Right. Right. So there are, I mean, cost is always going to be a factor in a farmer or rancher's life. But even though they're thinking, you know, I'm never sick, nothing ever happens to me, it's that one time whenever they come down with an illness. Or, I mean, gosh, look at COVID, for example. You never know how you're going to react to it. Or you've got that farm accident that happens. Of course, you can't predict that. And then that that deductible comes out of pocket. So that's that's something I can see that is such a hard choice for our farmers and ranchers. So one of the things I really encourage people to do is 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 map it out. Like look at last year's calendar. Which doctors did you see? What were those co-payments? And kind of do the math. You know, if I went to the doctor four times and there's a $20 copay, well, that's $80, right? And my kid had to whatever and had to go to the dentist. And that was, you know, six times with through all the family members. So there's, you know, add it up because that's going to be an out-of-pocket cost, you know, in order to use your your insurance plans. So if you kind of compare that with what would that out-of-pocket cost to pay those deductibles be, you kind of come to this notion of like, man, having a high deductible really doesn't work because I want to be able to go to the doctor when I need to go to the doctor. So I really encourage people to look at last year or how what you should have done because there's so many people who don't go because of the cost, right? But you should have gone. <laughs> so do the math and compare that with you know your plans. And there's some really great resources on our University of Maryland Extension Health Insurance Literacy page that can help you crunch those numbers. We've got a, a really great publication called Estimating Your Healthcare Costs, and it will allow you to kind of comparison shop, right? You know, put in a couple of plans, let's crunch the numbers, see which works, and that will help you pick the right plan. I'm just going to circle back around because your original question was, what are some things to look at when you're trying to decide? And one of the things that Florence and I talked about was looking at what's the network of physicians that are available to you if you choose the plan. 
some networks are really small. And if something big and huge happens and you have to go out of network, right, then it, the cost of health care gets really expensive because it's all on you. The insurance coverage, the insurance plan won't cover it. I think another thing to pay attention to is what kind of plan is it? Is it a preferred provider organization plan, PPO oftentimes? And oftentimes, there are rates in those plans that are for in-network and for out-of-network. And it gives you the, that option. As opposed to a HMO, which often limits right to only in-network doctors and Again, the insurance provider will not cover you if you go out of network. And then there's, they're called EPOs, and they're sort of a hybrid. And so they have a, a larger network. But again, if you go out of network, they don't cover the cost. Right? So you have to look at those little acronyms that they use as you're comparing the plans. And then last thing to think about is, you know, farmers are so stressed and there's lots of, lots of, you know, mental well-being issues that are happening in farming these days. And so you want to be sure that a, that a plan covers behavioral health, you know, access to mental health resources, access to, uh, I mean, I hate to even say this, but like recovery, you know, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, recovery resources, because, Things are tough out there. Yeah, in our study, when we asked farmers if they were co covered for behavioral health, we had about a third that, who said they did not know if their plan covered that because it's not systematic that a plan would cover. Yeah, it's. It, I know the farmer and rancher who are listening to this right now is thinking, man, I'm already short on time. I really don't have the time to like research all of this. But it, it sounds like if they just do their prep work beforehand, the decisions and everything will be much easier in the long run. Yes, I think that's great. And and also all plans are required to have kind of a, it's like an eight page summary document. And so that includes things like what's the, the premium, what's the copay, what's the deductible, what services does it provide? And that can help a lot to just sort through what does this plan really cover? Yeah, mm -hmm. all the and it's the importance too of you know talking to the health insurance navigators. There is also going to insurance agents who are certified for marketplace plans who can take the time and work individually with farmers to look at what options are out there in the area and what makes the most sense for their current situations. Now you spoke a little bit earlier about some resources. Are, are there any specific resources that people in ag should be looking for? So two really good, you know, websites, right? Healthcare.gov has done a really nice job of helping people understand healthcare, health insurance, and also kind of how to connect in with the marketplace. So there's a place there where you can say, hey, I'm from Delaware, right? And up will come the information about Delaware. And so it helps kind of focus in and, and sort through as well as does a really nice job of explaining the language, explaining the terms in plain language. Another great resource is Hired in Ag, and that is a project that Florence has worked on with some colleagues 
And that does a really nice job of kind of talking about what, you know, what is the issue? What are some options available for farmers and connects to uh, other resources? And Florence, do you want to say anything else about that one? What I would add as well is that that's where we have been adding a lot of the research findings about, you know, why is health insurance such an important topic for farmers and what does it mean in terms of impacting the business and rural economic development? Mm-hmm. And then from a practical side, the University of Maryland Extension, they have a health insurance literacy webpage. So if you just put in University of Maryland Extension health insurance, it will come up and there are resources for consumers, resources for farmers, resources for educators. There's little tabs across the top. You can like press on the one, but there's some worksheets, there's some calculators and resources like that that can really you know, make it practical, right? Help you make the decisions. Yeah, we love to pass on resources to our audience. You can listen to a podcast, but then you're like, what do I do afterwards? So when we have those resources to give, boy, that helps them out a lot. Now, why is it important to continue this type of conversation within our agriculture community? I think there are a couple of reasons. First, navigating health insurance landscape is hard and confusing. And we've talked to many farmers who explained to us, you know, their frustration with even not understanding how it works at the time it takes to navigate. And so it's important to really continue the conversation around what could be done to make it easier for people to sign up for health insurance and what could be done too to make it easier in terms and less expensive as well um, in terms of signing up for insurance. The other thing too is what we found through our research is really the connections between health insurance and farm business. We've talked to countless farmers who tell us, you know, the the thing that will make the biggest difference is if I didn't have to spend $20,000 on health insurance a year. And so I think it is health insurance is one of those things that as individuals, there's not much that we can do, but really talking, continuing to talk to their farm organizations, commodity groups really talking about what kind of solutions could be deployed by commodity groups and farm organizations, but also really connecting with policymakers and talking to them about what will make it easier to have a vibrant and resilient farm business. Yeah, I, I love all the knowledge that you have shared with our audience today, and I have learned things myself. Before we end, is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience I mentioned earlier, there's a phone number you can call. So I'm going to share that phone number. This is the phone number for healthcare.gov. And it is 800-318-2516. And so by calling that number, you can get some assistance to help you navigate the health insurance And I have a few farmers in mind that would much rather call that phone number than get online and try to figure it out themselves. Ladies, I thank you so much for letting us just glean a little bit of the knowledge that is inside your heads today. I thank you for being guests on our Talking Total Farmer Health podcast. Until next time. Thanks so much, Gary, for having us. And thank you for making the time to talk about this important topic. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's all for today. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to hear more from AgriSafe on the health and safety issues impacting agricultural workers. If you'd like to suggest topics or have a story you'd like to share, contact us by email at info at agrisafe.org and title your email TTFH podcast. 
To see more from AgriSafe, including webinars and our newsletter, visit www.agrisafe.org. This episode was created by the AgriSafe Network, script arranged by Laura Siegel, hosted by Carrie Portell, edited by Joel Sharpton, with special guests Florence Bicot and Marie Pepitus. <laughs>